Macro Podcast number 288 for February 16th, 2012. Welcome to another Macro Podcast. I'm Chris Breen. The next cat, while not completely out of the bag, at least now has a name, and that name is Mac OS X Mountain Lion. Apple announced Mountain Lion this morning, and our own Jason Snell has been all over it. Let's speak with him now. I'm joined by Jason Snell, who broke some exciting news this morning, the next version of Mac OS X. Welcome, Jason. Hello. So I guess this answers the what cat is left in the bag question. Yeah, it's interesting. We've got the – this is the answer to the how long is it going to be before we see a new version of OS ten question. It's the, you know, what's the cycle of development for OS ten going to be like from here on out? And it does answer the which kitty is next question with a, uh, a little bit of a, a snow leopard parallel. Right. Now, now most people understand that a mountain lion is actually a cougar. Yes. But the name has some significance other than simply being a way to avoid comparison to mature predatory women. So why mountain lion? Yeah, Mac OS X Cougar Town wouldn't be as good. Would no. It? I think they, the, the creators of that sitcom are already, you know, they, they regretted their, their title <laughs> immediately, and I, I think Apple would too. No, mountain lion, I, Apple didn't really talk about this when I talked to them about, about mountain lion. Um, in, in specific you know, detail about the title, the name, but it's obvious that this is sending a message that it's a it's a progression of lion, just as Snow Leopard was a progression of leopard. It's not an it's it, I mean it's a new cat name, but it's a progression from the previous cat name, um, and I, I I'm sure that was quite intentional to say we had lion and now here's mountain lion which is another step forward from where we were with lion not some totally new cat right so what ios apps will mountain lion bring to the mac well so yeah there's a lot of that back to the mac stuff just like with with lion um uh Reminders, which was introduced in iOS 5. There's going to be a Reminders app in Mountain Lion that looks almost exactly like the iOS app. Uh, Notes, the Notes app that's been in, in uh, on the iPhone since the beginning. There is now a Notes app on the Mac with Mountain Lion with the same, you know, legal pad style uh, stuff, but it syncs with the Notes version on, on iOS. Um, Game Center is coming to the Mac. There'll be a Game Center app and Mac games will be able to take advantage of Game Center. And I guess the other big one would be, uh, in terms of apps, would be Messages, which um, on the i on iOS it used to be called, or on the iPhone it used to be called the Text app, and they changed it to Messages because it added this whole iMessage system. On the Mac, what they've done is take iChat, and now iChat is also called Messages, and it does all the stuff that iChat used to do more or less, and now also does um, iMessage. Okay. Yeah. And I was going to ask about that because a couple of these things seem to be duplicating existing functionalities. So for example, iChat and to-dos in iCal. So what happens to all this stuff? I'm not entirely clear. I mean, to be sure, Mountain Lion doesn't come out until um, until this summer. I, I think there's also notes and notes appear in mail right. now. Um, and I think the notes app is using the same system 
uh, at least in the pre-release version that I looked at, um, seems to be using the same system as Notes in Mail. I would not be surprised if the Reminders stuff is using something similar to the to-dos that are in iCal, but I'm not really sure. Um, it is, yeah, I mean, that's a good question, is, is how does this all how does this all align? I think Apple is trying hard to take these various disparate elements and get them together. I think that's one of the reasons why you don't have the story of, well, we've got to-dos over here in one thing, but over there you, you look in some place different. I think Apple wants them to be the same so it can say you look at notes on the mac and on an ipad and on an iphone and it's notes and they all sync you look at mess or uh, reminders and it's the same just you know these are the same and you don't have to think about it because apple's trying to build up this family style this company style and and uh, company set of services and uh, have them be the same or similar across all their devices which means they need to be you know, like like what it is on iOS on the Mac for it to all kind of make sense and hold together. Yeah, and I, I think this makes sense, particularly given that it seemed to me that Notes was always shoehorned in into mail. Like, why is it yeah. there? It couldn't it be somewhere else? But then there really wasn't anywhere else for it. So to so have it. Is. Yeah, so now there is. Uh, to do, I, I don't know. I mean, I still kind of feel like that ought to be somewhere reflected in your calendar application because that's often where you go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think Apple. It may be as simple as that. It doesn't fit in the calendar on the phone, and since it doesn't fit in the calendar on the phone, it can't fit in the calendar on the Mac because then it's confusing. Because then you're saying your to dos are on your calendar here, but not there, which I think Apple doesn't like that. So yeah. that would be my guess. Okay. Now I understand that we don't have to wait for Mountain Lion to see support for iMessage in iChat. Right. Apple is doing what it did. With FaceTime, and it's done with a few other products, where it's announced a new feature as being part of a new OS update, and then said, oh, but you will be able to test it. We're going to do a beta now. And uh, because I think this is the one feature that everybody has really wanted since iMessage was introduced, which is to be able to see and send iMessage messages from uh, the Mac, as well as from an iPad or an iPhone or an iPod Touch. And so even though this final version of I'm, of messages for Mac will be in, in Mountain Lion, um, the uh, there will be a beta, I think, available today, um, you know, Thursday the 16th. Mm-hmm. That's what they said. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Um, as we're recording this, we don't know whether it'll be there or not. But um, yeah, so that regular Lion users... And they specified Lion users will be able to use the beta, but the final version will be a part of Mountain Lion. And I assume their suggestion there is that if you're in, in, intending on never updating to Mountain Lion, um, you know, you'll be sad because that um, that's a beta and it will either stop working or something like that eventually. That It's meant to be just a preview of the final version for Mountain Lion. Mm-hmm. Now, what about Notification Center? Does this mean that Mac users will no longer have to use Growl? I think I, I think it does. I think in the long in the long term, after developers um, support Notification Center, I would imagine Growl will still exist um, for people using Lion and previous versions. And that it'll be interesting to see how developers approach Notification Center versus Growl. Whether they just rip Growl support out or whether they say we're gonna. We're going to support both, whether there's some fairly straightforward way to support both uh, at once. I actually wonder if the the uh, Growl developers will look at this and say, 
um, we need to do something to make it easy for developers to support both so that they can support us. Uh, and Growl has a few features that Notification Center doesn't, but really, this is a this is the case where Apple is uh, finally fulfilling uh, the need for system level notifications. Um, and Growl was something that was trying to fill that niche because Apple wouldn't do it, and um, now Apple's going to do it. And though I feel for the Growl developers, at the same time, this really needed to be a system level thing because then every app can assume that it's going to be there. It's really well integrated into the system in a way Growl can't be because it's an add-on app. And so, so yeah, I, I think in the long run, Growl will fade away because people will just use Notification Center. But we'll go through a transition period where apps will support both and and you know, old versions of the OS won't support Notification Center. So is there a way to... You know, again, an opportunity for the Growl developers to say, hey, if you're adding Notification Center support, why don't you also add Growl support so that, that you know, people using Snow Leopard and, and Lion can see your notifications too? Because it is very similar to Growl. It is, you know, it, it's a bubble that looks very much like one of the bubble styles in Growl. It shows up at the top right corner of your screen when there's a notification, and then it either kind of slides away to the right or it uh, stays up with a a couple of buttons that you have to choose basically like you know snooze or or clear snooze or close stuff like that and then um and then when you click the notification center button in the in the top right corner which now lives to the right of the spotlight menu in the menu bar um a little notification center thing slides out from the right side and 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 shows you what's going on in your system i think it's i think it's a great feature i think it's i, I think it's a uh, uh fantastic that we're going to have um, notifications in one place on the Mac, and that uh, and push notification in a way that I think it doesn't exist in Lion, where um, if uh, an app is closed, there's now a facility for a notification to come in and and display, even though the app isn't running, which is actually really cool. So I think I think that's a great feature, and even though it's taken from iOS, I actually do think that it's going to be a really welcome feature from for Mac apps too. Now, turning to Game Center, is this something that Mac OS games are going to support, or is simply a way to check on your stats on your iOS games? No, there's going to be Game Center um, support for um, for Mac developers. That means that they're going to get everything the Game Center gives iOS developers in terms of achievements and leaderboards and friend finding and multiplayer and all of that stuff will be available to Mac developers, and all of that stuff also will be available to cross-platform developers who want to have games on both Mac and iOS and let them go back and forth or play each other. Um, that's all covered in that. It's sort of up to the developers to build it, but um, all that capability is in the, the the APIs, which is the stuff that developers use to write their software. Um, that's all in there with Game Center for the Mac. So for example, if you've got a game, a racing game, that's on the Mac App Store and on the iOS App Store, and it's you know based on the same code and it's basically the same game. You can use Game Center to connect them and have them play each other. And the you know the Game Center system will let you do that. So you can have a race where there's a couple of iPads and a Mac all racing each other, or a board game that's available on both, and the Mac can participate. So um, and, and you know cross platform aside, it, it does mean that if you're a Mac game developer, you get access to all those achievements and leaderboards and stuff like that. That um, you know you don't have to build yourself. You don't have to go to a third-party system to use it just comes with every mac that's running mountain lion okay does this extend to the to the point where let's say i'm playing angry birds on my phone and i'm also playing it on my mac that one will keep track of the other scores so i don't have to play through 
seven levels that I've already beaten on my iPhone. I don't know. I I don't know. I I'm not sure Game Center does that now on iOS either. Right. Does it? No. So I I think I think you would have to de- the developer would have to do that themselves with some other sort of syncing system. I think that's one of those things that everybody hopes is in an update to Game Center because that's a logical logical thing for Game Center to do is have this. Um, you know the ability to say, "Here's where I am in the game. Here's mm-hmm. how far I've done. Here's what I've unlocked, and have it unlock everywhere." Because that should be there. You should be able to switch from iPhone to iPad when you're playing Super Stickman Golf, and know it, it should know where you are and what your achievements are, and you know how many lives you've got, or or whatever for mm-hmm. whatever game it is. Yeah, right. Now, in your story, you mentioned Gatekeeper. Explain what that is. Oh, uh, Gatekeeper. Gatekeeper is like a. It's in all of Apple's press material. And yet, it's kind of not a feature. It's more like a bullet point. Um, there's no gatekeeper app. There's no gatekeeper system preference. Um, gatekeeper is like a collection of features that Apple wanted to give a name to so people could understand it. So gatekeeper, basically, there's this thing in um, that's been in Mac OS X for a while now, actually, called the file quarantine and it's a system where certain apps, like all the major web browsers and email programs and other apps can support it too, but it's in all of those that are like vectors, ways of getting ex- executable files onto your Mac from the internet. Um, they have this, uh, when they save a file, there's, a, there's a, a little attribute that goes with it that basically says, this hasn't been opened yet. You know, this just came from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Here's where it came from. It came from an, a chat message. It came from a, a web download, and it has never been opened. And so the first time you open that, and that can be the first time you double-click on the app. It can be the first cl- time you double-click on a file that tries to open the app so that the, the app can d- display the file. Um, this uh, this file quarantine kind of swoops in and says, all right, I need to look at this because this has never been opened on this system before. And, um, you know, right now, most of the time, I mean, people see that, but all it really is doing is saying, this is a file that was downloaded from the internet or came in as an email attachment. Do you want to open it? Um, And then you say yes, and it opens. And the idea there is just nobody will trick you into launching an app and you're not aware that it's launching Mm -hmm. because, which is one vector for malware. So with Mountain Lion, Apple is uh, adding a lot of stuff to that step, that one step of, this is a file that I haven't ever launched before that's going to run code on my system. What do I do before I let this open? So by default in Mountain Lion, um, the way it works is uh, it will allow – if you try to open an app, it will look at it and it will say, is this a Mac App Store app? And if it is, it just runs. And that's actually the case on Lion. It doesn't even ask. You download it from the Mac App Store. It doesn't even say you've never launched this before. It's, it's clear because it's approved by the Mac App Store. Also by default – um, if it's something that Apple calls a uh, an app from a uh, uh, is it a known developer, it's some, something like that. It's basically, um, uh, yeah, it's an identified developer. So the concept of the identified developer, if it's an app from the App Store or from an identified developer, um, it will launch. I think the way that works is that if it's from an identified developer, it will ask say, this is from an identified developer, do you want to launch it? And then it'll launch it. If you try to launch an app that doesn't come from somebody that Apple knows about, um, it won't let you launch it by default. It'll say, sorry, you're not allowed. Um, This isn't set um, to allow this sort of app to launch. Um, 
that's a setting in the security preference pane. So you can change it. There are three settings in there. You can set your Mac to only ever open Mac App Store apps for the for that first that first launch. Only ever do Mac App Store apps and identify developers or everything. And everything is what it is now. <laughs> and right. that's not the default in Mountain Lion. It's going to be App Store and identified. Now, you can make it everything. So it's not Apple banning apps from running on the Mac. But by default, it'll be this Mac App Store and then this new class of apps called identified developers. And the the way that works is, um, you know, to be a Mac or iOS developer, you register with Apple. This is what you have to do if you're in the Mac App Store, too. You register with Apple. I think you pay them 99 bucks a year. You get a, a certificate, which is the special cryptographically signed certificate that you get that proves that you're you apple gives it to you you get this certificate and then when you build an app you sign the app uh and the app then is also signed by you people know can look at the app and say this is where the app came from and actually one of the other features is if the app gets modified after that point um the signature fails which means you can tell if the app's been tampered with Hmm. um most if not all of the Mac malware that has existed recently has been legitimate software that's been tampered with to insert something bad. So with this system, um, first off, if the signature thing fails, uh, that's the, I mean, it won't run. And that's great because that means that people can't tamper with stuff and let it run. Um, and then the other point here is that if you're a, uh, if if a developer is known to be releasing malware, Apple has the ability to basically revoke their credentials for this certificate they signed up for. There's a blacklist for developers. They put the developer on the blacklist, and then uh, you know your Mac running Mountain Lion checks the blacklist every day. And if you try to open an, an app that is in the blacklist or from a developer in the blacklist, it'll say this is probably malware and um, they're not an identified developer and we're not going to let you open it. So um, it is going to require, I think, basically anybody who's uh, selling or giving away uh, Mac software on their own websites to start doing this, to make sure they're a registered Mac developer with Apple if they're not already, and to start signing all of their apps. Because uh, once once they do that, then they will launch by default with the settings in Mountain Lion. Um, and that'll be easier than trying to explain to people, well, you got to change your system preferences and put in an administrator password and change to this less secure thing. So it's really Apple trying to trying to put a layer of trust and security, especially on the fact that most of the malware is stuff that's been modified. And if Apple can do that, they figure um, Mac users will be a lot safer without Apple actually doing you know they don't do background checks on these developers. They they're not approving these apps in, in any way. It really is more. Uh, just a safety net against modifying apps surreptitiously and giving them the ability to put out a blacklist item if somebody is a uh, you know is is behaving badly right now how obvious do you think that setting's going to be in in preferences because I can imagine a situation where people launch something that they've had on their Mac for quite some time so it's not a new app they get this thing that says I can't run this and then I think well what do I do I depend well, on this software. that's actually that's not going to happen. Uh, and the reason that's not going to happen, at least in Mountain Lion, is because this entire system uses file quarantine, which means once it launches the first time and the little flag gets set saying now it's been launched, it's been through the file quarantine process, that's it. Yeah. It never gets looked at again. So you can – if you've got something that is a third-party app from an unidentified developer and it's already run, 
um, you know, Mountain Lion's not going to ever say anything about it because it's already running. This is this is this is very light security. It really is intended to be download from a web page or included in an email, you know, kind of security. It's not meant to be if if you have a bad file that somebody gives you on a USB drive and you drag it over and that that little flag is already set as being okay, it'll run too. You know, that that's a, still a vector that's out there. And in fact, if you if you uh, have this setting and this stuff isn't allowed, and you right-click on the app and choose Open from the contextual menu, um, it'll it'll give you a warning, but it'll let you open it that way too. Mm, okay. So if you really want to open something, it's not going to stop you. This is not this is definitely not meant to be a, as much of a barrier to users as it is to be a warning to users, saying no, you really don't want to do this. Um, and, and and I think at the root of it is really Apple. Um, noting that the number one vector for Mac malware, and there's not a lot of it, but what it, what there is, it's people taking legitimate apps, injecting bad stuff into them, and then posting them largely on piracy sites. And people download them and think they're running a legitimate copy of Pages, and it's actually Pages with lots of spyware installed in it. And the, by ask, asking everybody to sign their apps and having that be the default behavior, really what it, what Apple's doing is just pushing... Uh, pushing app developers to make their apps tamper-proof so that people uh, who are, you know, bad actors are not going to be able to, uh, they're not going to be able to to do what they've been doing because they could have an account and they could sign it. But as soon as people find out that it's malware, they'll be blacklisted. Okay. Now, along these same lines, um, with Lion, some advanced Mac users felt like the OS was being dumbed down or, or the users are being protected for the benefit of new users. So does Mountain Lion do anything to address these concerns? I would say that um, Mountain Lion is definitely the next um, the next lion. It is it is named that for a reason. This mm-hmm. this is the continuation of that thing that Apple started last year with the event they called Back to the Mac, where they are really trying to unify Mac OS and iOS in terms of look and in terms of functionality. I, I don't think. I mean, sure, some people are going to say it's it's that they're dumbing down the Mac. I actually don't think that's true. I think you can still do everything on the Mac that you could before, uh, especially if you change some of the defaults. I think what this is about is having the Mac be able to reach people who are very comfortable with iOS and maybe have never bought a Mac before. Having that family resemblance so that somebody who has used an iPhone comes to the Mac and goes, oh – I get this. It's it's very much like I like the iPhone. This is and, and it, what it does is it says instead of having an iPhone style or an iPad style or a Mac style, there's an Apple style for some stuff. And and uh, you know the Finder's still there, and you don't need to use the the um, some of the mission control stuff if you don't want to. But if you're somebody who wants that that like super simplified view, it's there. And I think the theory is that for some people uh, that's good. And 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 with Mountain Lion, all these new apps. You know, that's all about making people feel comfortable who are coming from the iOS. And it's also just about the ease of moving between devices. If you are a Mac user who has an iPhone and an iPad, you know, all your notes will be everywhere. Your iMessage conversation that starts on your Mac can move to your iPhone and then to your iPad, and it all just hangs together. You know, all your notes are there. All your reminders are there. It, it, that's, that's what Apple is, is really going for here. Okay. But I'm assuming that Addressbook and, and iCal are not going to change significantly. Well, iCal is still called iCal. Um, Addressbook is now called Contacts. Yeah, and w- they already changed both of them to look more like iOS. So they're all they're already heading in that direction. 
Um, they're not the same as the iOS apps. And I think some of that is just because your, you know, input method with a computer is very different than with mm-hmm. a touchscreen where you've got your fingers instead of a mouse and a keyboard. But, um, but yeah, address book has been renamed to contacts and it wouldn't shock me if iCal got renamed to calendar at mm-hmm. some point, just because Apple seems to be syncing all this stuff up. Right. So another thing you mentioned in your piece was the share sheet feature. And what uh, is that? Easy to say. Share sheet. <laughs> share share sheet. sheet. What is that? Uh, share sheet. Again, in iOS, you've got this share icon, which sort of looks like an arrow coming out of a box. It's You know it. If you if you see it, you'll know mm-hmm. it. Right. Um, and that's the shorthand for I want to do something with this. I want to move this somewhere. Or I want to share it. It's actually called the share icon. So that share icon is now going to be pervasive in Mountain Lion. Basically... Uh, you click on it, and a lot of the options are things that have already been there, like you know, send this as an e- as an email. Um, but then there's some there are new items there too, like uh, Twitter. There's Twitter integration as there was in iOS five. So if you're in Safari and you use the share sheet, you can choose Twitter, and it'll bring up a thing that it's already going to embed the um the email ad- or the uh, web address of the of the web page you're on shows you a little thumbnail and you type your tweet and you hit return and it sends it on Twitter you don't need to be in a Twitter app and you know you can you can be in the notes app and you choose the share sheet and choose uh, message or messages and it will send your notes file as a file attachment to a uh, to an iMessage or uh, or an IM message in the messages app so the idea there uh, and there's like Flickr support um, so you can share, you can put a picture on Flickr. Um, there's just, there's a lot of, uh, different apps with different kinds of shares. The idea here is that they've added some integration with some different services and they've tried to create a system level, uh, feature for sharing again, that anybody can use. So app developers can also write this for their Mac apps and they'll have the ability to, uh, to build in that share functionality and push things out to whatever is appropriate for whatever kind of data is in their apps. You mentioned the Mountain Lion better integrates iCloud. So how is that done? So when you – yeah, it's it's early enough that I'm not entirely clear on everything that they're planning on doing. Um, they will wrap – Apple will wrap um, notes syncing and reminder syncing and and game center and – and all of this stuff in, in and say it's all part of iCloud, right? I mean, and I mm-hmm. guess it is, but and 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 some of it is predicated on your iCloud data store. Um, I think the I think they're trying to make it pervasive. Like, there's going to be a uh, Safari tab sync in iCloud. So uh, you move from one Mac to another Mac, and you you know on the other Mac you left a bunch of tabs open. Those tabs will show up. Uh, you know, the web browser tab mm-hmm. will be there for you, which is cool. Yep. Like them to do that in iOS too, maybe iOS six. Um, and I think one of the big ones is um, just as with iOS five, if you have a new phone and you put in your iCloud data, it'll offer to restore from a backup that's on iCloud. Um, not quite so much with the Mac because there's a lot of data there. But if you have a new Mac or a new user, or you know, adding a user on a on a on a Mountain Lion Mac, uh, first thing it asks you is, do you have an iCloud account? And you put that information in, and it's it's going to be able to say, would you like me to bring in your accounts? Would you like me to bring in your settings? Would you like me to bring in, you know, your your calendar information and your email accounts and all of this kind of basic stuff so that you don't have to set it up again mm-hmm. when you're adding another user, you know, your, your, your user somewhere else or you're making a new system. So they're, they're starting down that path of making it be that with your, with your iCloud ID and password, 
if you put those into somewhere, it should be able to just go out to the cloud, figure the whole thing out, and come back with uh, uh, with as much data as it has for you, so that there's less work you have to do. But you know, it's it's all over the place now. But but there's more of it, and I, I would be uh, shocked if we didn't see even more hooks into iCloud by the time Mountain Lion comes out. But that's the idea: is just they're, they're trying to they're trying to take advantage of the fact that iCloud everybody can have iCloud now. Um, it's free instead of being a mobile me thing for $99. So they're trying to just put data syncing everywhere they can. There's also um, documents in the cloud, which they've talked about on iOS. That's going to be in Mountain Lion too. So pages, if you open up a pages file, that's the example they tend to use, or a Keynote file, choose open from Keynote or pages, and it'll actually show you the iCloud documents in the cloud list first. And then you can click over and, and, and uh, make it a list of your hard drive. But the idea there is that apps that are on the Mac and potentially on the iOS uh, uh, devices will be able to just look at the shared repository of files and they just sort of sync automatically. And you don't even use the Finder. You just use the open dialog. Right. So are we getting to the point now where you almost have to have an Apple ID in order to run your Mac properly? Uh, well... You know, if your Mac is an island, and I know no Mac is an island, that's the <laughs> saying. Uh, if your Mac is an island, you don't. Uh, you don't need to. I think really the Apple ID is when you want to sync or obviously if you want to buy a Mac App Store app. Um, syncing data. I mean, you basically get data syncing for free. Even if you only have a couple of Macs, uh, it's probably worth it just for the data sync. I, I don't think Apple is barring people from using features um that that don't require i mean it's how, how i mean you couldn't do iMessage without having an apple id because you have to have an account you have to have an id right. just like you can't do um iChat without an aim id because you got to have an, an account <laughs> in order to use the service so you know i i obviously um, you know, Apple's not trying to use this as a barrier so much as it's trying to use it as an enabler to start syncing stuff around to various devices. And if you don't want to do that, I think you just leave that stuff off and, and you know, you'll be missing out. But if if you are an island and you only have one device and it's a Mac and it's not, you know, <laughs> you don't need to sync data anywhere, then yeah, you won't miss it. Right. Now, let's talk about AirPlay mirroring. It sounds to me like Apple is going to sell a lot of Apple TV 2s when uh, this comes out. Oh, yeah. I mean, so Apple introduced AirPlay mirroring with iOS 5. The iPad 2 and the iPhone 4S can connect to any Apple TV and display their screen on the Apple TV. So it's not just AirPlay where you play back a video. This is actually just a screen share. So with Mountain Lion, you'll be able to do that same thing, screen sharing wirelessly uh, to an Apple TV 2 onto a onto a um, an HDTV um, you just uh, when it detects there's an Apple TV on your local network, it pops up a little AirPlay thing and the uh, little AirPlay icon in the menu bar. You select it, choose the Apple TV. It uh, thinks for a second, and at that point, you um, the contents of your screen is uh, being displayed on the on the TV. So you can imagine in in a school scenario or a conference room scenario, um, the idea that instead of having to run a cable and connecting it to a computer. Um, you can just have it be a wireless streaming on the network. So you just say, I'm going to take over and, 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 and uh, display on the screen, and boom, it's done. And then you can put your, uh, put your uh, um, uh, presentation software into presentation mode, and you're doing a presentation without any um, cables. 
because it's just using that Apple TV as the as the go-between. Uh, you can already do that on the iPad too, like I said, but now um, with Mountain Lion, you're going to be able to do that. And they say it'll also work for movies and um, other stuff in iTunes. So you you know if you want to show a YouTube video or or an iTunes movie, same deal. You'll be able to play it, go full screen, and it'll be full 720p on the uh, HGTV. Yeah, and I have to think that they're going to have to build some kind of switching utility in to this that will be easy where, for example, you could swipe between one computer and another one in a multi-computer setup. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I Apple seems to be reluctant to do a lot of complexity, so I, I don't know. It, it it's, remains to be seen sort of how it how it uh, handles if multiple computers want to want to attach to a device. Um, it does seem to be mirroring. It's not like a second display. Right. So you can't, you can't have it be, which would seem to be a cool idea, right? To have it almost like a virtual second display. So you could see your notes on mm-hmm. Keynote on your main screen and then the secondary screen was showing, you know, wirelessly. Uh, but that's not what they're announcing here. That would be, maybe that will come in time. But here it's pretty straightforward. Just what's on your screen is on the TV. Right. Um, and to wrap up, you mentioned some features about the Chinese market. I know this is very important to Apple because there are a lot of people in China and they're they're buying Macs. So they are. What kind of what are some of the highlights of this? Uh yeah, well, so Apple it's two things really. Apple made some modifications to the Chinese language support in the Mac because they are uh, increasingly successful in China and the iPhone is successful and I think they figure that every time the iPhone has been successful somewhere the Mac sales have boomed too because people start to really like the whole Apple product thing, and they will, and and then they will consider getting a Mac. Um, and uh, Chinese language input is a, a an issue because um, of a few things. Obviously, it's uh, you know text input is different because it's an ideogrammic language. Um, so they've added a bunch of features like um, uh, better autocorrect and and better suggestions. They've got this dynamic suggestion dictionary they're doing now because what they told me is that the language and the use of the the language evolves so rapidly that baking a dictionary into the system actually in English you can get away with it and in China and Chinese you can't. That they they need to be able to actually update their language suggestion and correction on the fly. So they they're able to do that in Mount Lion. Um, the mixing of English. And the um, and the opinion, which is the sort of the phonetic uh, text input method, you can now do that without switching back and forth between the two. So I guess there's a lot of Chinese that that uh, is includes English words, and it was mm-hmm. kind of a pain to go back and forth. So you don't have to do that context. Take the hit of the context switching now in Mountain Lion. Um, they improved uh, the trackpad handwriting, where you actually draw the characters on the trackpad. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's more improvement for that. So that's like the language side, and then there's the internet services side, which you know the reality is that most of the major web services that Apple has ba- baked into OS 10 um, are sh- are shut down in China. They're not accessible because the government there has blocked them, mm-hmm. and so Apple has rolled in a bunch of uh, Chinese services to Mountain Lion. So that if you're in China, you have access to the local stuff since you don't have access to the other stuff. So there's a microblogging, sort of like a Twitter-ish thing called uh, called Sino Weibo um, there that's in share sheets and all of that stuff. So it's basically like the Twitter integration, uh, the Baidu search engine, which is the number one search engine in China. You can do that as search from Safari now in addition to being in Yahoo and Google Um 
you know, there's in addition to Vimeo and Flickr integration, there's there are two Chinese video sharing sites that are going to be supported, um, and uh, the the whole accounts, mail, contacts, and calendar stuff supports three major Chinese um, mail and calendar uh, service providers. So so they're basically trying to do the the kind of preset stuff that they've done for Gmail and 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 Vimeo and Flickr and Twitter with these Chinese services that are essentially the Chinese equivalents because the um, the main ones are not accessible or or largely inaccessible in China. Okay. And this comes out this summer. It's a paid upgrade? Paid upgrade. They don't say – they're not saying what the what the cost is going to be, but like Lion, it will cost. It will be Mac App Store only, and it will be out this summer. Developers are getting their first downloadable preview of it today. Um, so that's nice, actually. The developers are going to have a few months to update their apps, You know, sign up for this, this – um, this known developer program, if they haven't already, so that they can start signing their apps, integrate in, you know, game setter, third game developer, share sheets, um, other stuff like that. I'm sure there are a bunch of behind the scenes uh, developer features that they didn't even talk about to me because that, you know, they figure, you know, I'm not speaking to developers so much. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure there's some super geeky technical things that are going on here that we're going to learn in the next few months as well. So the developers are going to have some time to play with this before it's out. Great. All right. And we will look at your piece on Macworld.com, and we will certainly be covering Mountain Lion over the coming months. Absolutely. And everybody can go out and download um, messages now, I, I guess, or soon. And so we'll all be sending iMessages to each other, I'm sure. I'm sure we will. In the will. days ahead. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot, Jason. Thanks, Chris. And that wraps up this edition of the Macworld Podcast. I'd like to thank Jason Snell and, of course, you for listening. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to drop us a line at podcast at macworld.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 415-967-3622. This is Chris Breen reminding you that you can find more Apple, macOS, iOS, and technology news, views, and information at macworld.com. Thanks for listening. See you around here.